Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Marissa. And I'm Andrew. And we are the hosts of Natural Academy Podcast. Yes, we are. And this, is, <laughs> this is our new little venture here. We're giving this a shot. Um, honestly, we've just been feeling like we want to try a new way of delivering content. We've kind of been like back and forth, posting stuff on Instagram here and there, sending some emails, but we just kind of wanted to give this podcast uh, option a shot. So yeah, we have a lot to offer. We have a lot of um, knowledge and, and wisdom to offer. And, and we do post it on, you know, social media, like Andrew said, or we offer it to patients, but we really wanted to achieve like a grander audience and really spread our message wider. And we find that when we're posting, especially on social media, it's so um, information dense on there sometimes. And it's tough to really learn and really like gain such wisdom from an Instagram post. So, Mm -hmm. uh, we're hoping that, yeah, that this is going to share, share a lot of ways to make you healthier ultimately and happier in the long run, uh, just by sharing our approach to how we achieve a healthy and happy life. Yeah. So for, for those of you guys who don't know, we're both naturopathic doctors and we focus a lot on helping people reconnect to nature and just very, you know, a lot of it's basic. It's not always easy, but it's, it's simple things that create health. So we really focus on the foundation, mm-hmm. how to optimize your lifestyle. So today we thought it'd be suiting to start off with the topic of uh, just nature connection and mm-hmm. how to reconnect to nature, why it's important, that sort of stuff. And then um, we have plenty of ideas in the future. So we'd love your feedback on things that you guys want to hear about. But today we're talking nature connection. Yeah. And when we talk nature, we, we mean the physical nature. Um and, and, you know, the, the nature, you know, going for a hike and stepping outside and being with nature in that sense. But we also mean the rhythms of nature. And we'll get into that, too. Um, so let's get started. Okay. Is there anywhere you want to start in particular? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just glancing over at our notes over there. Um, how about our why? Okay. So. Oh, we just said our why. We kind of said our why. <laughs> <laughs> why nature connection why nature connection yeah okay well from my perspective <clears throat> i feel like um I, I always look at an ancestral lens to health so i look at how humans used to live prior to um civilization prior to all this technology because we have some pretty good evidence that those were actually some of the healthiest humans around mm-hmm. um you have to go pretty far back to find that but you can still see uh, like modern day hunter gatherers who enjoy exceptional health and I believe that that's that's how we're designed to be. It's become very normal for humans to be sick. Like, how many people do you know who have diabetes or autoimmune disease or cancer? Or they're on a handful of different pharmaceuticals, and people we just accept that as normal in society. Mm-hmm. But that's not normal. Um, I I don't want to say it's my belief. I think it's the truth that humans are designed to be healthy and thrive when we're in our natural environment. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the lens. That's that's my goal. That's where I want to get to, and I want to help others get to that. And I think the way to do that is through nature connection. Yeah, I think a big argument that we hear when we kind of present this perspective to some people is that yeah, but our hunter gatherers uh, ancestors they didn't live as long as we do. Right. Um. So I know you have a good kind of explanation ancestrally do you want to get into that yeah so basically what people are talking about is average lifespan so the average lifespan of some of our hunter-gatherer ancestors was somewhere around like 30 or 40 years old but that doesn't mean that that's when they were dying so this this number is skewed because there was such a high infant mortality rate 
So, mm. you know, before we had hospitals and, um, you know, places to deliver babies safely, there was a pretty high mortality rate. And that's just common in nature amongst all animals. So, um, so if you think about it, if, if half of the people live until 80 and half of the people die at age one, then the average lifespan is 40. But really, not many people were actually dying until 40. Most of the research shows that if you made it into your teen years, then you actually lived a very long, healthy life. Um, and I think the other thing to to look at is health span versus uh, lifespan, mm -hmm. if you want to explain that, or I can as well. Well, I think we... we... This is a kind of complex topic because it can, it can get kind of sensitive when we look into how long people are living and, and what is their quality of life, mm -hmm. essentially, right? So just because you're living until you're 80, 90, 100 years old, what is the quality of that life? We all know right. healthy, you know, 80, 90, 100 year olds. Well, I don't actually know any 100 year olds, but <laughs> we do know some very healthy older individuals who are living a very happy, healthy life. And, and, when we when we talk in that regard, it's like yes, our, our lifespan is is definitely extended, but I also know a, a lot of, of unhealthy uh, people living into the, those ages, and and they're not happy, you know, like they're not actually living, and right. and it it just comes down to um, what our essentially our goal is to really live and thrive as humans, and we think and we believe and we again believe that it's the truth that we all have the capacity to live a healthy, you know, 80, 90, 100 year old life, um, as long as we're willing to do all the things that, you know, connect us to nature, ultimately, that is the, the, the foundation. And then there's so many other things that we can get into. But right. foundationally, we need to have that connection to nature. And I think that if you were to ask, you know, people in their 80s and 90s, you know, what is your secret? What is what is the secret to living this long? I I I, I don't know. This is just an assumption. So if you know, let's all go out and ask our healthy uh, elders in the yeah. community. But I think that you can see that they do go for walks every day, even if they don't consciously connect to nature. They are all, all not living indoors. You know, the entire day as a modern society typically does these days. Right. And I, I think another helpful way that I, I heard this analogy somewhere else and I'll kind of put my own spin on it. But basically, um, if you look at animals in their natural environment, they're typically healthy. And if you are to put them in a zoo, there's different ways that you could do that. Like if you think about the difference between like, I don't know much about zoos, but say like Toronto Zoo or like San Diego Zoo, those are like thought to be you know, good quality zoos. They feed the animals well. They have good enclosures for these animals to live in and they can live a pretty you know, good life there. But you can't contrast that to, you know, have you seen those pictures of those, like those zoos in third world countries where the animals are like emaciated and like, yeah, even they have terrible like marine land here. Yes. Right. Terrible living conditions. They're not fed the food they're supposed to be, you know, eating. They, they're not able to roam around mm -hmm. and they're going to get disease much quicker than, than someone who's in like, you know, a healthier zoo or in their natural environment. And humans right now, that's kind of where we're at. Like this is a massive like zoo experiment basically right mm -hmm. we've never been so disconnected from nature we're we're put in these in these boxes indoors uh we're not exposed to na uh, natural light we don't eat natural food a lot of processed garbage food like there's so many things that have disconnected us from nature and put us in the zoo environment and i don't think we're going back to our hunter-gatherer ways not unless there's some sort of like natural disaster mm -hmm. but what we should do now is try to figure out like how can cr we create the healthiest zoo possible for humans and it doesn't mean like when we talk about nature connection, it doesn't mean you have to go live like your ancestors and spend all day outside and, um, 
you know, like cook over the fire, but it means finding that balance. Like how can we live in tune with nature and create a, you know, healthy zoo for us essentially. <laughs> okay. I see what you're trying to say with the zoo, but I don't love the analogy. <laughs> seems very restricting but I, I know what you're talking about yeah well it's the reality <laughs> i think people just don't don't see it like that yeah yeah but you know we're animals and we're basically we've created the zoo so we might as well do do the best to create you know the best healthiest funnest zoo possible yeah absolutely yeah i think i think you know in society today we're all about like how do we keep people alive yeah you know how do we how do we keep people alive like at any age it's like okay you have this symptom let's keep you alive by suppressing that symptom with this you know pharmaceutical and we're not against you know any pharmaceuticals or modern technology at at all we just think that there needs to be a shift in perspective on how we approach life mm-hmm. um so yeah it's like this how do we approach how do we how do we keep 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 people alive and that's just not our goal i think that it should be like how do we keep us like totally optimal health Right. Yes. How do we create health span over lifespan? Yes. Okay. I, I think we can we can achieve both. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. So next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure once we get better at podcasting, this will be more of a flow. A little bit smoother. <laughs> We're doing all right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So modern nature connection. Yeah. So I kind of touched on this already. Like I said, we're not going back to like full nature immersion. So we live in this modern world and we need to find ways to reconnect to nature while enjoying this this modern life. So um, the example that I often think of is that like we like we preach the benefits of sunlight all the time. There's plenty of benefits to that. And I encourage people getting outside all the time. But sometimes you don't have that option. Maybe you work an indoor job or you know, maybe you're just being lazy and don't want to go outside in the rain. So we have like a red light panel, for example, that's mm-hmm. like a great technology that um, even though it's technology and it's not, you know, I guess nature in, in the, the sense of the term we would use it, but it still is mimicking nature in a way. It's providing these red and infrared wavelengths of light that are beneficial to our biology. And I think there's a lot more technology coming out now that is kind of in tune with nature mm-hmm. um, or like candles is another example or like natural fire, I guess. That would be the only light we used to be exposed to as hunter-gatherers. But now we have LED lights, which are great, but they disrupt our circadian rhythm. But instead, you can just get you know a red LED light or use a, a pink salt lamp, for example. Mm-hmm. So there's there's ways that we can still use technology and live in this modern world, but with through the lens of uh, still being connected to, to nature, essentially. Yeah, and in that sense, too, you could even using, you know, the modern technology that we have or stepping out during the day. I think a lot of people, what I talk to a lot of patients about is they're like, oh, I didn't get out for my walk or I, I, I did my walk, you know, three times this week and my goal was five, but I'll keep working on it. And yes, that's great. Get out for your walk, get out for a hike, really immerse yourself in nature, but also step outside. I think mm-hmm. we all have those like five, 10 minutes in the day, or we need to make time for the, the, those moments where you literally just step outside. You don't need to continually like go into a forest. Like that's awesome. And that's right. amazing. And you should, but if you don't have time or you're having trouble finding the time, then just start exactly where you are and take their take your breaks outside instead of scrolling on your phone or you know mm-hmm. like get your food and eat it outside when when the weather is appropriate and mm-hmm. really trying to um achieve you know those that connection with nature throughout the day not just in one bout yes yeah, yeah. and i think along with that movement um so like another thing we're designed to be like constantly moving right you're going to be outside hunting or gathering or being active and although we may not be doing that 
you can still mimic that in a sense by just you know getting up from your desk every half hour or so or every hour and just doing a bit of movement doing some some bodyweight squats or going for walks here and there mm. but kind of mimicking what we would be doing in nature within this this modern context so there's plenty of ways that we can incorporate that yeah yeah and i mean even just like looking around our our apartment here we have so many plants inside and and i think that's a really good way too it seems it's it's so simple you just you just get some plants and you bring it inside and it and it really does connect you closer to nature right yeah totally okay anything else on that um not at this moment. Okay, I think we'll just go through a few examples. We already touched on some of them, but just some practical things. And we'll likely go like much deeper. Well, we will go much deeper on these topics in other podcasts. So uh, we'll just kind of, you know, give you some like practical tips and, and things that, um, yeah, different ways that we can connect. So sunlight, our favorite. <laughs> yes. Do you want to talk about it? You go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... I think this is a really good example of how disconnected we've become from nature because there's this common uh, belief that the sun is like dangerous or harmful and it's going to give us skin cancer and kill us essentially. Mm -hmm. But like all of life revolves around the sun. And if you think about it from just like a common sense perspective, our ancestors would have been outside basically all day exposed to the sunlight and it would be such an evolutionary like disadvantage for us to get damaged by the sun to the point where you would just like you know, get cancer and die from being outside. Like that to me just doesn't make any sense. Um, now it's, I'm not saying there can't be any harms, but the problem that we have right now is that people never go outside and then they just like go to the beach in the middle of the summer and spend all day there and get a burn. And you know, that's obviously not good, but it's because you're not adapted to your natural environment. If you're living outside, that wouldn't have been an issue. Um, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> On a bit of a tangent here. Maybe you should take over. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what I was going to say is just getting adopted. Yeah, there's so much to say about that. And we will get into deeper podcasts specifically on sunlight and circadian rhythm. Um, but yeah, like Andrew said, you, you just uh, people avoid the sun. And I think one of the most dangerous recommendations that I see all over, you know, social media, too, is just like, oh, between the hours of, of 10 and 2 or the UV is this high, put on just cover up, be sure to cover up and get on your, your sunscreen. And you're totally disconnecting yourself from the sun. Mm -hmm. Do not get burnt. That is right. like that is a truth. Like the sun can do damage to your skin. And, and there is a lot of truth in that. Yeah. But like Andrew said, you need to adapt yourself. So as we're moving into spring, like if you are living outside and checking in with nature, you'll you'll find that the sun starts to get hot like in march mm -hmm. so you can actually start to get you know start to feel a change in your your skin tone too like yeah. I, that's when i get my first burn actually is because i don't actually realize how strong the sun is in march but um yeah you start then and you start to get yourself exposed to the sun at all hours of the day the cha the the spectrum of the sun is always changing throughout the day mm -hmm. and so in the morning it's actually producing infrared light and that actually prepares your melanocytes in your skin then it tells it how strong the sun is going to be that day. So we, right. we really need to, you know, start in the spring, but also start in the morning. You can't just hop into the beach midsummer at, at 12 noon and expect not to get burnt. It's, it's just not how it works. We need to be constantly interacting with the sun, constantly living our, our life outside as much as we can, wherever you can. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you really get adapted to the sun. And then the sun becomes your friend instead of the enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we won't spend too much longer on this, but basically I think of it as like a multivitamin. The different spectrums of light that you get throughout the day provide different benefits to our body. Um, so you just need to be outside getting that, and it's a it's a very important signal for our body. Mm -hmm. And so is earthing Ooh, and nice grounding. Ooh, nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> so that is 
basically just standing barefoot on the ground, which is another like taboo thing. Like I get weird looks all the time for being barefoot, even though that's how we're designed to be. And every other animal walks around barefoot, right? But as civilized humans, we got to throw on these things to protect our feet. But we're disconnecting from the earth. And um, I used to think it was kind of like a woo-woo thing. But after I looked into it, there's actually several studies showing the benefits. And basically what you're doing is absorbing free electrons from the earth, which we know have antioxidant um, benefits in the body. It helps with energy production, decreases inflammation. There's like so many different things that happen just from you standing barefoot. And it's just a simple thing that we should basically always be doing. But, you know, a lot of people never do that unless they're on the beach, right? Mm-hmm. I think to be fair to the people giving you weird looks, you're often barefoot in very odd situations, <laughs> like a pure gravel like road or something. Like okay. you, okay. <laughs> people are like, wow, how, are, how is he doing that? Maybe they're looking at you with pure <laughs> maybe <laughs> positivity. No, I'm just kidding. No, there are, there are like, are, are even one of our neighbors, we are always barefoot in our own backyard. And it's like, oh, don't you need shoes? You know, like they, they'll always comment on mm-hmm. that and they don't anymore. And I actually do find right. that they're, they're outside now barefoot as well. But yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's such a powerful and simple and free tool to connect to the earth. We have these rubber soled shoes that we walk around in all day. And, and some people don't even get outside, especially with, you know, where we are in the world right now, a lot of people are working from home. So it's so, so important to go out and have that connection with your feet, with your, with your bare skin on the earth. If you're in a place where there's not much, um, uh, grass or there's not much connection to earth with your feet, then you can still touch a tree and, and Mm. the tree is, is inherently grounded. So you can still touch the tree and, and get that grounding. And, if you haven't done this in a while, you will notice a huge shift. Like yeah. if this is something that's new to you, go out and do it seriously and really tune in. Like don't bring your phone as you're doing it. Don't get distracted. as Don't talk even. Just like really tune in and feel what kind of effect this is having on your physiology. And you will feel a shift, especially if you haven't done it in a while. Mm-hmm. We do it all the time. It just feels good now. It just feels right. Yeah. I don't necessarily notice like oh, grounding. Sometimes I do, especially if I've had a heavy indoor day. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you if you haven't done it, it's like, wow, it's so palpable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think to add on to that, it's important to just pay attention to like what feels good. Like I, th- yeah. I don't think anyone disagrees that like nice warm sun on your back feels amazing. Mm-hmm. Like everyone would agree with that. So it is walking barefoot in the sand. So you don't need to like get into the weeds with all the science. Like we do that because we're more so me because I'm just like a nerd and want to know all these details, but just do what feels good. Like it, it doesn't make sense that these things would be harmful for us if, you know, they're just natural things that make you feel good. So, yeah, that's one of our messages too, is just do what feels good. Do what feels good for you. Like stop being so dogmatic about you know what you read online that says oh you should be eating this food this food this food or doing this and and then doing that your morning routine should look like this it's like no that works for that person who wrote the blog sure Mm -hmm. but you need to try these things and figure out what feels good in your body and then implement them Mm -hmm. you know we we are beings of nature so we are all going to need different things Different yeah. things will nourish us and notice that different things nourish you at different times, you know, of the month or different times of the of the year because mm-hmm. it's always going to be changing with the season. So stop being so dogmatic about everything that you read or everything that you, you know, something that feels good one day may not feel good the next day or whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. So food. Food. You or me? <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you start. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so this is another area that like we're, we're crazy disconnected. Most people have no idea where their food comes from, right? And saying it comes from the grocery store doesn't mean you actually know where it comes from. So, uh, and we're, we're guilty of this too, but we're trying more and more to eat as, as locally and seasonally as possible. Um, and I would like to get to the point where all of our food comes from, you know, either I grew it myself or harvested it, or I know the people who grew it or hunted or butchered it, whatever. But I think um, we just have no idea, like there's, there's no connection to the food anymore. And a lot of it isn't even real food. Like that's probably the bigger issue, right? That a lot of people are just eating total crap processed foods, um, you know, these highly refined vegetable oils, refined sugar. And this stuff doesn't actually nourish our body, even though there might be calories, there's no you know, life force left to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing the, the issues for like from a sustainability standpoint, um, you know, our, our planet is being destroyed from a lot of our farming practices and conventional agriculture. And I think that comes from our lack of connection to, to this food, right? If you were to see, you know, how that cow or pig was raised in, in the factory that you're buying from the store, you might, you, well, realistically, if you were there, you'd probably never eat that again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people watch those documentaries and they're completely turned off. And I don't think, you know, eliminating all animal foods is the solution to that. But um, the point is, if you were connected to your food and saw where it came from and how it was made, then you probably wouldn't be consuming it, right? So I think it's really important for us to get back to, um, you know, you, you don't have to grow all your own food or anything like that, but get a little bit more connected. Even go to a farmer's market, for example, and get to know where your food is coming from. Yeah, I think with the meat too, like we, we make a, a really good point on going into the farms that we buy our meat from to make sure that they're being raised ethically right. and killed ethically because mm-hmm. they are they are beings they are you know they are very conscious beings and some of the the ways that they're treated is is really um it's not right and we are eating that consciousness when you yeah. eat the food right so so if if that animal was raised in a high anxiety state and killed in a high anxiety state you are then eating that food that has those same hormones circulating in the blood bloodstream so yeah, it's totally. no doubt going to have an effect on you so yeah. we we always order our meat especially our meat from from local farms um and really try like do our best in 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 only sourcing the that that type of food but then now we're really getting serious about vegetables and fruits as well yeah. because it is it's, it's all the same like if you if you go and see how you know even an apple orchard and it's full of these delicious apples but you look out on the field and it's only apple trees mm-hmm. like that's so sterile you know there's no there's no other other trees or other plants that are kind of feeding into the the ecosystem right it's really the food is then stripped of nutrients but the earth is stripped of nutrients so yeah it's playing a huge huge role on on now and the future yeah and i think like apple orchards are that's a good example but a more extreme one is just like those massive fields of like corn wheat and soy that you see when you're driving on the highway Mm -hmm. like that's just they spray that with an incredible amount of pesticides which destroys the soil health kills animals there ends up you know, in the water supply, uh, ends up in the air. Um, and that's like nutritionally devoid food. Like there's no nutrients in that, but that's probably, I don't know what percentage, but like a pretty high percentage of like the food supply comes from those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're just not aware because we want to eat the quick, easy packaged thing. Right. So th- it's going to take some work, right? It's not, you can't just eat packaged food and, and be healthy. You're going to have to learn how to cook your food and source it properly. But I think 
for the sake of like humans not going extinct we, we we're gonna have to do that eventually right so yeah and even even the water that we're drinking it's it's sitting in in pipelines and collecting you know it, it's all being recycled right so in order to make it quote unquote clean for drinking it's dumped with chemicals and that kills the bacteria yes like thank you for that mm-hmm. but and then you're just drinking those chemicals and yeah. we're already breathing into chemicals and putting chemicals probably probably on our skin and you know there's and in our foods and whatnot so water is just becoming so toxic too so yeah i think that that's a whole podcast in itself all of these topics are a whole podcast in itself but we really do need to be filtering our water um and we'll probably get into structuring our water too just bringing some life back into the water because it's just been sitting dead in your pipes for so long so yeah um stay tuned for that topic mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rest okay. of them maybe we'll just do one more here because i think it is important um okay so another way that that humans have lived traditionally and you know how humans would be in nature is in a tribe right um with other humans around and i think a lot of us are really feeling that especially now with all this isolation right people are, are losing their sense of community and feeling very disconnected um i believe social isolation social isolation is one of the biggest predictors of uh, mortality actually being alone beyond like smoking cigarettes and, and all these other things so that's literally like humans are social creatures and we need that for health um and even if you you have all the other pieces in place, so say you're eating an organic diet and filtered water and you know doing all the right things with your light environment, but you don't have a community, you don't have a tribe, your health is still going to suffer, right? So we need all of these things, and we we you know kind of preach finding balance in your life with all these different areas, but this is one of the most important ones. So um, yeah, that's just going back to like this is how we're designed to be, right? If you look at these tribes, they always they're always working together. They lived in these um, egalitarian societies where there there wasn't much of a hierarchy of um, power, right? You know, we're all equal. We all play our part in in the tribe, and that's how we have a you know proper properly functioning, I guess, society. But um, you know, now we're very far from that, and I think we're all craving that, um, you know, craving getting back to that connection with with our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like I, I was talking to um, a friend of mine and and talking about how hard it is to find community these days and and it's not just being with other people it's being with like-minded people being with people that you really thoroughly enjoy that light you up that challenge you that you know you 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 it's a mutually beneficial relationship and just talking about how hard it is to find that community these days and she had a good point um to that it doesn't always need to be humans like Mm. it can still be you know a circle of of oak trees or you know you go like we sit we we live near a, a lake so like sitting with with all the ducks that that come it's it's still does give you that sense of community it doesn't dismiss the importance of other humans but if you are having a hard time right now i think not yeah still seeking nature for that sense of of tribe and community is is important yeah yeah that's true yeah life just connecting to other life you know in a a positive way yeah Mm -hmm. okay should we wrap it there should probably wrap it there okay well thanks for watching uh we we would love to hear your feedback um and in particular what topics you want to learn more about and what stuff you want to hear about so we're we're excited we have lots of ideas but we also want to know what you guys want to hear about yeah and we're going to be doing the podcast with the two of us because we both share a, a unique perspective on different uh topics but if there is a topic that you want to hear about and we aren't the experts to talk about it then we will try our best to bring somebody in and and cover that topic so that 
yeah, we're not just phonies and (laughs) (laughs) pretending to know what we talk, what we know. Wait, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Pretending to know what we know. Yeah, (laughs) we'll we'll stay in our wheelhouse for now. And yeah, yeah. okay. So lastly, we just want to um, give a plug for natural blocks, which are our blue blocking glasses. we the made, sponsors of today's yes, episode. Yes, sponsoring today's episode. <laughs> we put a lot of work into these, and we did a lot of research on how to find the exact lens that's going to block the right wavelengths of light. So right now we have a daytime energy lens, which is great for screen use. So if you're on TVs or on your computer, um, under LED light, so it's very important. And we'll talk more about blue light in a future podcast, but it is a huge issue, um, our light environment. So um, those are designed to block 80% of blue light, and we've got amazing feedback so far with uh you know, reduced headaches, screen fatigue, all sorts of issues. Like some people, I'm actually mind blown by the feedback. But anyways, um, and we're coming out with a nighttime pair soon, which is going to be for sleep. So uh, check that out at naturalblocks.com. And we have a discount code. What's the code? Naturofam. Yeah, and that is, <laughs> so you can and, use that at, at checkout. Yeah, and, and natro, so N-A-T-U-R-O-F-A-M. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Natural it seems to be a difficult word. We use it in yeah. a lot of our branding, but people just they don't get just it. Just don't get it. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the more the more you hear it, the more you'll get it. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and that's that's for ten percent off of any pair. Yes. I don't think we mentioned that. So Okay. okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Have a great week. See ya. <laughs>